Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Hello world, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Gadget Cast. It's iPhone week. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always by my co-host Travis MCP. Space travel. Back from another space travel week. Hope everyone's doing well and hope that your bank accounts are not all broke. As I know some of you are out there buying some of this Apple foolishness, but you know what? We got to talk about all of it. It's kind of exciting. It's an exciting time uh, for tech and even for um, people that uh, might be excited for Android devices. You have to kind of be excited about this time because it. the thing is, is that tech gets kind of exciting around Apple time. It, I mean, it is what it is. You can be um, an Android lover. There's nothing wrong with that, no, but it's, that's when it gets big. Uh, I'm predicting smaller Android phones and, and Android phones with flat sides it's gonna you know yep. that's your that's your 2021 android lineup i'm pretty sure you're gonna see and some magsafe alternatives <laughs> you're gonna see some huawei's floating around there some xiaomi's they're gonna look mm-hmm. similar they're gonna look similar it, yeah. it seems to happen every year but um yeah it's iphone week it's a pretty exciting time also um ipad which was weird to get ipad yes. and iphone all at the same time a lot of different products floating around it's been so hectic. I feel like I haven't even gotten my thoughts together. I have just been trying to make content and failing at it. Uh, so that's my. What do you mean failing? I've seen you have a whole bunch of videos come out. What are you talking I've about? Seen, I, what are you talking about? I saw your channel and it was like Travis getting like so many views, and I'm like Travis is doing great on his iPhone coverage. And then I mm-hmm. put my iPhone videos out, and it's like ten out of ten, ten out of ten, ten out. Well, of 10. it's because, and the reason why is because you're doing reviews where these all yeah. the, you. Everyone else is already doing Yeah, MKBHG review and everyone else. And it's like, well, crap, by the time us plebeians get them, which, of course, we actually have to buy them. We don't get them early and then have enough time to actually do any kind of review. It's multiple days later. And it's it, it sucks. It is what it is, though. What are you going to do? Yeah, I you know, sometimes you got to do the video for yourself. Yeah. And I fully yeah. went into it expecting because I've covered iPhones for years now. And it's like, I just know it's not going to be up to par because Listen, a lot of people have watched tons of videos already. Their minds are made up. Mm-hmm. They don't need to watch the 30th video on the iPhone. But there are people that subscribe to me, that subscribe mm-hmm. to you, that want to hear our takes on it. And yes. there's people in this podcast that want to hear our takes on it too. And they can hear yep. kind of a longer form discussion of this. And we still have to do our super show, which I feel like yes. it's been Well, busy. now we got to figure out our, we, we well, figure out our reason I, for it I now. Know, it was- yeah, it's been busy for you. And it's been busy for me. We probably should have done it already, but we're gonna. Yeah. I think we're gonna do one by the end of the year for, for the Pro Max uh, launch and stuff. Because that's you know what, what? that's get. a great I mean, idea. That's a super yeah. idea. We should we should get our ducks in a row for that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we could even get like a special guest. We should get Prosser on the show Prosser. again. It's a great idea. Is he still alive? I haven't heard from him. He in a while. might be alive. You know, I've, he's done a couple other shows. I think he's. I think he's moved on to bigger and better outlets. <laughs> he's done. You know, he's done with Gadget Cast. He's a. Uh, <clears throat> he's passed us by. But um, no. Uh, yeah. So you didn't get any of the iPhones. I saw your no, video and- on why you're not getting an iPhone. Yes, but let me talk a little bit about that because I know you're going to have a lot to talk about because yeah. you actually have them. So yesterday, I decided, I at least want to go see them in person. Okay. And what better place to do that than at the local Apple store? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Now, I, I heard some things back on Twitter after I posted this because some people are like, well, my Apple stores aren't even open. 
So I went to a local mall and um, there wasn't a big line. So I was encouraged. I'm like, well, this is the day after it came out. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to expect. Wasn't that big of a line, maybe like 10, 11 people in line. And they, you know, take your temperature on your head or whatever, and they sign you up and they're like, so I get there around 10 a.m., which I don't think they had been open that long at that point. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go in. Now, first of all, I just want to look around. I don't necessarily even want to buy anything. So it feels kind of weird to have to have someone with you or something. I think they're doing some like appointments. And uh person was like, yeah, so next appointment's at 1230. I'm like, bro, it's 10 o'clock. So like, you can go eat and stuff. I'm like, uh, no, I, that's all right. Well, we have some at four. Uh, no. What about tomorrow at 8 a.m.? I'm like, okay, look, thank you. No, thank you. So I, I, I left and kind of looked like a puppy dog trying to look into the store from the outside, trying to see exactly what's going on in there. Cause I do want to see the iPad uh, air in person. I mean, I, I probably already have seen it. I mean, I have my iPad pro, but still, I'd still like to see the deal. I still want to see the iPhone 12 and 12 pro. I mean, sure. You could say I more or less see it every day, but I still want to see it. Right. I still want to go in there and check it out. But what I did want to see in person where there's new bands for the Apple watches. Like that's actually one of the reasons that I went, but all of that taken away from me because you don't have to schedule time to get into these things. And the, the world in which we live may not change anytime soon. And that's a scary proposition. But uh, one of the biggest selling points of Apple stores is to be able to go in and check stuff out. And if you can't randomly do it, man, that's a, that's a beast. Yeah. Um, so I actually went uh, on Friday to pick up my phone Uh I, I was very safe. I wore my mask, made sure no one got near me. Um, actually, the Apple store handled it terrifically well. Um, I think they really spaced out like the appointments because usually, you know, when it's not a pandemic going on and I go to pick up um, an iPhone, there's a ton of people there, no matter what kind of launch it is, you know. Uh, but this time, and, and people were asked, I think Viper was saying, you know, what's the lines like there? There was really like no line. There was like four people there. And I really think they just had aggressive scheduling of like, you gotta, you come at this time and like four people pick that time slot and like, that's it. And they're not accepting anyone else. And they also weren't letting people walk into the store at all that day. They were only, only if you had a pre-order, you could come in and, and look at it. So they handled that really well, had everything socially distanced, everyone walking there or everyone working there is wearing a mask. So I really do appreciate how they handled that. I was actually worried going in there. I was like, Man, I did the store pickup, and I usually like to try and do the store pickup, but dealing with all that stuff, it's something I was even considering, like, do I really want to go into the store? But I was I was very happy with how they handled it. Felt very safe. Um, <laughs> no one recognized me at the store, but there weren't that many yeah, people. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that real quick, right before we get into that. Uh, Jose in the chat just asked if the, what I did a video of why I didn't buy the iPhone 12 and 12 Pro, and <clears throat> price was one of the things. Uh, Jose asked if the iPhone 12 goes to discount 699, would I pick it up? I probably would actually at that point, but I wanted to ask you about that because I went, the Apple store that I went to is actually one of the few places where I have been recognized. Um, ironically, especially considering I don't do a lot of Apple coverage, although this year I did. And I was, we were certain that this would be the time where you would get recognized in an Apple store because everywhere else you've been recognized has nothing to do with an Apple store, which is the craziest thing ever. And we were certain it was going to happen this year, but masks make it a little bit complicated. Do you think that had anything to do with it or were just no one looking for you? I think no one is looking for me, number one. Um, <laughs> and there weren't that many people there. Now, normally, like I said, when you go to like an iPhone launch event, there's a ton of people there, like just ton, ton of people online. So, but again, like I said, there was like four people online. So very, very little chance anyone's going to recognize me. And the, you know, you only deal with like one employee at the store. 
So yeah, who's Greg? Who's that? Not not to sound like a jerk or anything. I'm not being like, ooh, why didn't they recognize me? But you know, as you get bigger with subscribers and as you get recognized, when I was smaller, I used to get recognized at smaller places, not even tech stores. So I was kind of going, wow, I'm over 100,000 now, you know, about 130,000, believe it or not. I feel like I just got to 100,000 yesterday. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe someone will recognize me here. But uh, it didn't happen. Uh, the guy who I was, the guy who was like <clears throat> guiding me through my iPhone purchase, um, at one point I thought he did recognize me because all of a sudden he goes, do you own a business? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I do. And I thought he was going to follow that up with something. And then he's like, oh, you should join our Apple this program to get discounts on this. And I was just like, oh, yeah, nah, I'm uh, good. And then he and then I really knew he didn't recognize me because he was trying to explain like the most basic things to me and like. See, you know, do you need me to set up your phone, do this and that? And I'm like, nope, I got it unlocked. I want to go home. Do not touch my phone. I need to get out of here. So but, no, it was a really good experience. Um, I got to say, once I went into the store and saw the phones just lined up there, I, they immediately stood out to me, especially the pro models with the shiny stainless steel sides. And I went, ooh, those look, they look really nice. So that, that was my first experience seeing the phone. I really didn't get to play with them there. Uh, but when I saw them, I'm like, those are nice. So when I got home, um, I actually got the regular 12 first. And I have that. I guess I could pull that out. I have that here for GadgetCast live stream viewers. I got the blue version, which I don't I don't know. It's kind of like a very dark blue. I don't know if it's like the blue shade. I don't know. I, I like I'm kind of disappointed with the blue shade. I don't know if I'm going to get it for the mini color. It's like it's OK. Um, but we're talking about colors. That's kind of. Sad well, I mean, I, I love blue and I love yeah, blue phones, yeah. so I'm Sa kind of well, excited to see it in person, but everyone's kind of like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm yeah, like, it looks better on the site, and the same thing with the iPad. The blue, it's so subtle that it's like, okay. Like, when I first saw it on the website, I'm like, oh, that looks so good. In person, it's okay, and in certain lighting, it really does look nice, but, you know, and like... In your dim room, it's it's probably not going to look all that great. If you take it outside and, on camera, and stuff, yeah. On camera, it looks silver. That's what's even worse. On camera, it's the worst. Yeah, it's it, it's better in person. Actually, if you take a picture of it, you put it in your video, it's like it looks like silver. Um, so yeah, the colors are pretty disappointing this year. Uh, just as an aside, but overall, the phone I've been really enjoying it. Um, you know, we always talk about these processor bumps every year with the A14, and I don't know what it is. I wasn't expecting a speed improvement because I don't feel like I felt one with the last phone or the phone before that. I feel the speed improvement with this phone. I don't know what it is. This thing, it's just like, no matter what you do, nothing. Nothing can slow this down. There's no speed bumps, um, anything. It is so snappy. Like every gesture, every interaction, I never feel like it skips a beat. And I wasn't expecting that. And it really is powerful. And I can say the same for the new iPad. I want to do those speed tests, but I'm just talking about using the device. Like, you know, like every device, there, there'll be a hiccup here or there, you know? Nothing. Like, it is so snappy and smooth. Um, really just, I don't know, that, that A14, whatever Apple's doing, um, I felt it. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, other than that, though, the new design, it's nice. Uh, the squared edges, they, that if one of my concerns actually was like, is this really going to be nice to hold? Like they made the phones rounded for a reason. It's pretty nice to hold. It's actually easier to grip because you can kind of place your thumb on the side over here. Um, the one thing that was striking to me is that the 12 and the 12 pro 
look exactly the same on the front, like, and, and the side, everything. Like, it's the same footprint. Um, you know, like with the 11 and the 11 Pro, the 11 had bigger bezels. And for some reason, I was expecting that again this year, but the bezel size is the same all around. It's the same exact design. It's just made with different materials. So if you get an 11 or an 11, I mean, a 12 or a 12 Pro, it's almost like it's the same phone. And the 12 Pro just has a couple additional options. I got, I got both of them. And um, it's not a drastic difference. I feel like most people should probably get the 12 over the 12 Pro. Um, the, the telephoto is nice, I guess. And the LiDAR is cool because you can do like night mode, nighttime portrait modes with it. But, you know, for most people, no one's really doing that anyway. So I think like normal pictures and stuff like that with like the main camera, they both take the same pictures. Uh, the video quality on those cameras with the Dolby Vision stuff, it, it's kind of like bad and good. Um, the bad part is I actually did, um, you know, when you're doing an iPhone video, you take like a sample video for your video to put into it. When I took that video for my iPhone and put it into my video editor, it was for HDR, but my, my camera wasn't shooting in HDR. So I had to like color correct it to make sure that it looked right. Like I had to pull down the highlights and everything. So it looked, it didn't look weird in my video. And you really can't show off the video quality of that unless you're shooting entirely in HDR, which I don't think most people are doing. And then if you go to post to somewhere like Twitter and stuff like that, it actually saves like a standard definition or whatever. Not, I guess, what, what do you call that? Non-HDR copy, which is good because if you post an HDR version on Twitter, it would look really weird. So Apple's smart that they'll give you both copies, but it's kind of hard to show off that feature. With that being said, if you view it on your, you know, HDR enabled iPhone, it looks really nice. The video quality is really nice, but it's kind of hard to show that to people this year uh, yeah, with, so with the Dolby Vision. Do you have to turn uh, HDR on and off in the camera or is it automatically on? It's automatic. So um, that's interesting because I'm thinking like when people edit stuff and they post it, is it going to look weird then? Like has Apple accidentally forced something strange? Like, So if you bring it into a video editor, it'll warn you, at least it did for Final Cut. Um, if you go and take it and post it on Twitter, it's smart enough to know you're posting it to Twitter. So they're mm -hmm. going to, they're going to convert that for you. It saves two copies mm -hmm. from, from what I've heard. Oh, okay. Uh, so they thought that out for sure. Yeah. Cause that would yeah, be a bad a big thing deal. if people got a new iPhone, you're taking videos and like, look how cool this is. And it's like, that looks awful. So what I, what I think is great about Apple having this is that it'll hopefully force a lot of the, um, you know, social media content uh, providers to support the, this format. You know, Dolby Division has been around for a long time. HDR has been around for a long time. YouTube supports HDR. They do not support Dolby Vision specifically. Um, you know, of course, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I think it would be great because once, you know, again, and I hate to say this because it sounds brand loyalist, but it's just, it's been proven time and time again, when Apple gets something, it legitimizes it. No matter how long the technology has been around, it then becomes legitimized when Apple gets it. So I think... Um, this might be something that pushes hopefully the standard ahead, which would be wonderful, excellent, awesome. I'd be all types of excited for it because I think um, the quality you can see the difference in the video, um, you know, HDR versus non HDR is is a game changer, sometimes more than 4K versus 1080. Yeah, it's it's making me want to go out and, and get an uh, OLED TV pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, you should do that anyway. I don't I know why we keep talking about this, man. Know. What, what, you know, I spend money on Apple stuff, but you no, know. you're going to need to because you're getting a PlayStation 4. So in yes, order to get and yes. Austin Evans just put out a, a nice video today about the type of TV you need to have to take advantage. You should watch it if you have not already done mm. really good. 
Um, but speaking back to some of this, uh, some of the iPhone stuff, there's been some other videos that have been put out. I can't remember who put out the video um, doing this. Did, maybe it was, was it you that did the speed test no, between the No, it's probably I everything Apple Pro. No, I didn't watch his video, though. It was, there was a speed test between, maybe it was Everyday Dad. It was someone I watched where they did a speed test between, um, like, the iPhone 11 and iPhone 12 using the, um, the, um, the, the, what is it, the speed, whatever the speed thing is, the, uh, what do you use, Geekbench or whatever. Yeah. And, and um, from there, we found some things we kind of knew, I, uh, but they also did that it between... <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was someone who did it. No, I think it must have been everybody that or someone because it was between the iPad Pro and the iPad Air is ah. actually specifically what I was looking at. And I what I what is really going to be interesting about this is the single port score performance is obviously better. We kind of knew that going to this. The multi score was kind of up and down. But what's bad about the iPhones as far as I because I don't know and I haven't heard anyone talking about the battery life on the iPad Air yet. I'll be interested to hear that. But the battery life on the iPhone 12 and 12 Pros are not universally better than last year. And that was a concern after the announcements. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Mr. Who's the Boss did a video that I referenced in my last video where the iPhone 12 did better than the iPhone 11. However, the iPhone 12 Pro did not do as well as the iPhone 11 Pro. And it makes me kind of nervous for the iPhone 12 Pro because one of the things that I really love about my 11 Pro is the battery life. I'm hoping that it's not adversely yeah. um, kind of affected like, like the, this other one was. Yeah, I, I was going to talk about battery life because that is one of my concerns right now at, at using these phones. Um, it's a little hard to judge right now because it's very, uh, I, ju I just got them. So I, I still need to go through like a couple more days doing some different tests and stuff like that. But right now I'm not, I'm not happy with my battery life on the 12 or the 12 Pro. Ooh. But I have to, I have to full disclosure, I'm coming from an 11 Pro Max. So it's not exactly fair in a way to say, oh, the battery life's not good. I really need to use it for a little bit, kind of go back and, and compare it against my 11. Um, but yeah, the 12 is supposed to have the same battery life as the 11. You're saying in that battery test, it actually beat out the 11, which is good. And the, the Pro did get worse battery life according to Apple's ratings, which again, you can't really trust manufacturer's ratings, but it's supposed to be one hour less according to Apple. So that makes sense that the Pro is going to have worse battery life this year. The good thing is you're going for that bigger Max phone, which is supposed to have the same battery life as, as what we've been using, the 11 Pro Max, which had like just ridiculous battery, like nine hours screen on time, like easily last year through a whole day, maybe more. Um, but right now I'm going from the, I'm going from the pro max to these normal sized phones and I can feel the battery hit there, which is really concerning me for that mini, which you knew I was excited about. Cause I'm like, man, that's just not going to work for me. Is it? Cause if I'm barely getting a day with my 12 and I'm so used to using the max versions, the mini is just going to be even worse than that. So I'm not happy with the battery life. I kind of want to run a test turning 5g off and just like not having that enabled and see if the battery goes even longer. Cause, um, 5G does impact your battery life pretty badly if it's switching between networks a lot. And Apple even has a mode there where it's supposed to save you battery life. But, you know, if it's even if it's hitting that 5G tower every once in a while, that's still a battery hit on your device, even if Apple's trying to save it as much as possible. Uh, I should also talk about my 5G experience. Um, it's not good. Like, I, you know, there's different carriers, but based on what I'm hearing from everyone, T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, uh, do not upgrade to this phone for 5G today. Maybe if you want to get it and go, you know, in the next three years or something, I'm sure, I'm sure in the next two years, like the 5G networks are going to be a lot better than they are today. It's still very early days for them, but you know, I'm on AT&T 
which maybe may not be the best carrier for 5G. I really don't see them talk about it too much, so I'm guessing they're probably like last place. But uh, like the difference in speed between an LTE connection and a 5G connection is like five megabits. And sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's worse, which is strange. Yes. So it's basically the same thing or worse, and it's going to make your battery drain faster. So for real world benefits, not good. I also had the most baffling experience with 5G. So like I said, I got two phones now. I got a 12 Pro and the regular 12. Now I knew that, you know, I talked to you and this is exactly why I did this. You said, well, you need to make sure you get a 5G compatible SIM card. And I'm like, okay, so one of these phones I'm gonna get through AT&T. So I get the 5G SIM with it. I'm gonna make sure it's a new activation. I'm gonna upgrade my old phone and go through AT&T on that. And then I'm gonna get another phone through Apple unlocked. That was my plan. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna activate the one phone there. So I get the 5G, I'm gonna get the SIM card. That was my plan. I get the phone from AT&T has a SIM card in it. I activate that SIM card. I'm like, great. So there's a setting in the iPhone. So you can force a 5G connection. We we're just talking about how Apple is going to do like a battery saving mode and switch between 4G and 5G. Well, there's a setting. You can actually go just brute force enable 5G if you want it. So I went to go do that on the AT&T phone that I got. There's no option. It just had LTE or 4G. I'm like, huh? That's really weird. Hmm. Okay. So I tried contacting AT&T support. Travis, it, you know, you know, when you're on like support call for like 20 minutes and then you're just like, this is hopeless. There, there's yeah. no way they're going to figure it out. This guy was like telling me like, okay, uh, why don't you try this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Like I was like 30 steps ahead of him. He's like, okay, uh, let me show you this link to Apple's website about how to get 5G. No, no. So it was really bad. This guy was clueless. He says he's going to transfer me to someone in the technical department and then he like just hung up. <laughs> so, so that was my experience with AT&T. Not, not a good one. Uh, the strangest part is I, like I said, I got the 12 unlocked from Apple. I'm like, let me swap the SIM. Let me see what happens. That had 5g on it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, for the audio listeners, I don't, I can't even explain what is going on with this. It is the most weird technical thing ever. And I'm not alone because I posted on my Twitter and there was other people going, yeah, I'm on AT&T too and I don't have the 5G option. Oh, I woke up this morning and now it's there for me. So I'm still waiting on my pro for this 5G to be enabled. Apparently I'm not alone. Apparently, like you said, you need to have a a relevant SIM card. There's a bunch of different hurdles. Even uh, 9to5Mac wrote an article about this because so many of their readers were facing hurdles on how to fix this issue. And there was a bunch of different issues with, with this whole 5G network. So it's causing a lot of pain. If it's causing me pain as someone who reviews this technology, I can't even imagine, you know, the regular average day person isn't even going to go into those settings. So ignorance is bliss for them. And they're just going to be, my phone's 5G. It's great. So- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. I got a 5G phone. I'm getting all the speeds. You don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very likely you're not. I've talked about this for a while and you know, it wasn't even me that kind of figured this out to me. The way I really learned about it was Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile, who we've had on the show before. Yeah. He's done a couple of really great videos about 5g and you really need to watch them and educate yourself to, to kind of get an idea of what to expect, what to really expect. Um, he did at least two or three really great videos. So make sure you check him out, Mr. Mobile on YouTube. Um, and your expectations should be, it's going to feel the same. Generally speaking, like think about what you do 
with your phone from a streaming perspective anyway. Like maybe every so often you're actually downloading something, um, but mostly you might be streaming something or just you know uploading like a little picture on Instagram or something. And that stuff is fast anyway, and it's not gonna be any faster with 5G, even if 5G was working great. Like it's just gonna, it is what it is, right? It's certainly not gonna be appreciably faster. Um, so yeah, don't get it for that. Now, other people say, well, get it for, for future-proofing. I would, I would counter that, and I would say that you don't even get it for future-proofing because by the time 5G is really solidified, the antennas and the radios inside of these phones is gonna be even better for 5G, and the battery life will be better because the technology will be better. It'll take less, you know what I mean? Like, so don't yeah. even get it for future-proofing because the better 5G phones will be coming. So get it for what it is now. You get a little 5G, a little sip of that, that's good, a little sip. And uh, the rest is like, it is what it is. It's still a great phone, great cameras, all the things. Um, just don't expect it to change your life for 5G. And I think the nice thing for Apple anyway, is that it's one of the technologies that the average consumer understands, but doesn't understand. Because they remember 3G to 4G to LTE, like they know those big numbers mean something. It's supposed to be, that's when you upgrade your phone. That's, that's almost like a, a benchmark of when you upgrade your phone, 3G, 4G, LTE, 5G, like it's just this thing. So for them, it's like, okay, time to upgrade. Like it's a time, it's a good time, it's 5G and it's got all this cool stuff, but time to upgrade. And they won't even necessarily know whether or not they're getting 5G. They're just gonna think I got a 5G phone, it works. So ignorance is bliss, but uh, you may not be getting what you're paying for. Yeah, and and you're right about that. That uh, you know, we've been hearing analysts say like there's going to be like a lot of iPhone sales this year just because of 5G and a lot of consumers want to upgrade to that technology. And even with the iPhone 12 pre-orders, they said it was double that of the 11, I think, which is pretty crazy to think about, like especially during like this, you know, it's a very uncertain time right now, so who knows what what people are going through and the iPhone orders are double. And there's two other iPhones to go. So, you know, that's not even, not every iPhone was out. Maybe maybe there'll be even more orders coming in soon. Um, but yeah, just if, if, I mean, if you're listening to this, you get more knowledge than the average person. Uh, if you're thinking you have to rush out and upgrade to an Android phone or an iPhone and get 5G, uh, Travis is right, just wait. Because especially like on this iPhone, it has a battery saving mode to enable 5G. That's not going to be there in two or three generations when the 5G chips aren't draining your battery every second, you know? So, yeah, there's no reason to go out and upgrade there. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually doing a video on the iPhone 11, and I literally say, like, hey, you're fine getting a 4G phone. It's fine. You'll be fine for the next couple of years. When 4G first came out, it they were... Most of the phones were pretty bad because the battery life was mm -hmm. so terrible, especially when WiMAX was the main 4G. Like, as soon as you turn on 4G, it was like, goodbye, battery. So it's the same thing. Now we have batteries that last all day and two days and whatever on 4G and 4G LTE. It's going to be the same thing. Now, again, the, the, there's always the perpetual wait game of technology always gets better. And I'm not at, I'm not saying, hey, just always wait. What I'm saying yeah. is, is you get it for what it is now and what it's going to do for you now. And don't worry so much about, is it going to be great in three years? I mean, it's still going to be great in three years, but there's going to be better. So it's, it's just, it is yeah, what it it's, is. It's not a reason to buy the phone and it's not a reason not to buy the phone. Like, I, I think my main thing is here. I think there was a lot of people who bought like an 11 and they were worried like, oh, when this new phone comes out, it has a new design, it has 5G. Should I go and like upgrade right away again? And my argument is like, hey, if you're on like a, an 11 or even like a 10s, like I think you wait another year, you're probably going to get a much better phone. Uh, one that's a little bit better crafted. Not saying this phone's bad. I'm I really like it. I think it's great. 
Um, but if you're on like an 11 Pro, especially, um, you maybe maybe you have a better argument for the 11 because they want like OLED displays and everything. But if you're on an 11 Pro, even though the new phone looks slightly the same, it's a very similar experience to that. Even even in the camera department, I really like the cameras. I like the video. Um, but it's not a huge improvement. It's not a huge improvement over the 11, and and that's to be expected, right? These, the phones are kind of getting more incremental in, in upgrades every year. You shouldn't expect everything. Um, a lot of people are gonna go rush out and buy it though, because it looks a little bit different, and that does that does drive phone sales for some strange reason. It looks a little bit different, does the same exact thing. Uh, a lot of people are gonna buy it. I actually, posted something on Twitter. I said, would you rather have? And this is a complete hypothetical. Would you rather have an iPhone 11 running iOS 14, or would you rather have an iPhone 12 running iOS 13? Well, the poll for that won out. People said they'd rather have an iPhone 11 running iOS 14, and that's because a vast majority of the features that you're getting now are actually coming through software updates rather than hardware updates. And it's actually one of the reasons that when you buy an iPhone, you can feel pretty good that for at least the next five years, you're gonna be getting software updates. I wonder if we see that increase now because especially this 12, it's so powerful. There's no reason why it couldn't get like seven years of software updates in my eyes. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm gonna have to wait a long time to see how that plays out. But the, the benchmark's kind of been like five years uh, as these phones get ridiculously powerful. I wonder if that, I wonder if those update cycles go even longer. Um, yeah. You know what I think is funny because I asked one of the, uh, I went into a T-Mobile store and asked the guy like what people are asking for. A lot of people were asking for, he said the, the pro max, um, even though it's not available cause they don't know. Yes. And I asked, well, so what's the demand been like for the mini? He goes, I haven't heard anyone ask for the mini, which I thought was really surprising. Now, I think once people see it in person and it's in Apple stores and Best Buy and stuff and you see it, there will be some some interest because there are people who do want smaller phones. But that's really going to be the interesting part. Like, did they go too small? Everyone's super – a lot of people are super excited. I'm not particularly super excited, but I know a lot of tech reviewers are and a lot of people are super excited about it. It will be very interesting to see – um, how popular that is. Let's real quick answer one or two questions from chat just because there's some pretty good questions in there. Um, Gareth asks, how's your standby time on the 12 Pro? So, so um, you know, I've been mostly on the 12. Again, I didn't, I didn't put out my full reviews because I still need to do battery testing most of all. So I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I can tell you my 12 for today and it's not good. I'm telling you, it's not good, but I have been testing like 5G and stuff like that. Let's see. I've been very, I've been pretty disappointed at the battery so far. So I've been using this phone since like what? Uh, 8.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. I have 22% left. Oh my gosh. Screen on time, only three hours and 14 minutes. Whoa, bruh. Now I have and you've been, been home, doing, right? Yeah, but I have been like, I've been like listening to Sirius on it like all day. So yeah, but but still. that's in the background, right? But And that's probably over Wi-Fi, right? Right, mostly over which Wi-Fi. Should, some which 5G though, power? some 5G testing it out. Wow. Um, but yeah, the battery life, it's just not that good. That being said, maybe it's still setting some things up. Maybe you know it's a it's a weird yeah. use day. Uh, like I yep. said, I want to try turning off 5G. I've had it on today to see how that works mm -hmm. out. But yep. you know, um, even if I go back and compare this to the 10R or the 11, this is looking like a weaker phone in terms of battery life. So I was surprised yeah. to see it win in that battery test. It feels like a step back to me. Um, Interesting. Again, it's it's going to need more than just a day. This could be an off yeah. day. You know, with these phones, you never know. 
with the Pro Max, it always got me through a day. But it's like, did I get seven hours of screen on time or right. nine hours of screen on time? Right, so, right. We'll see. So James asks, if he's coming from a Note 2 Ultra phone, I don't know if he means, if he's talking about like a Note 2 or Note 20 Ultra, I don't know. Uh, and I want to switch to the new uh, Pro Max. Should I wait or go ahead and trade it for the new Apple a new Apple phone. I think he's asking basically, should he get one of the current ones or should he wait for the Pro Max? If you're coming from a note, I just say wait for Pro Max. Wait for the Pro Max if size. you're coming from a note because that's going to be the closest yeah. experience on iOS. Yeah. And, you know, again, these phones aren't out yet, so I can't really make the call, but I'm looking at the, the Pro Max and for $100 more, it looks like it's getting a lot more features, better camera sensor, like 47% larger. That's a pretty yep. big deal if you if you care about photos. Bigger battery, it's going to run like three hours more. So according mm. to Apple, that's a pretty big mm. deal. Um, so it's it seems like the Pro Max is probably going to be the phone to get this year. Yes. Zach, our buddy, Zach's Talks Tech has a great channel here on YouTube. Make sure you check him out. Asks if the fancy HDR, which is Dolby Vision on the 12 Pro, will it come to previous models like the 11 Pro? And no, no. it will not. No. It, yeah. From, from Apple, they always seem to do their stuff very hardware dependent. And I believe that Dolby Vision processing is all dependent on the A14 chip. I'm sure Renee Ritchie would probably know if he was here, mm. but I'm pretty sure that's yeah. tied to the A14. And yeah. even on the regular 12, it's limited to 30 frames per second for Dolby Vision. The 12 Pro can do 60 frames per second because it has more RAM in it. So it's very mm -hmm. hardware dependent, not software dependent. Yeah, it's good. I mean, that is an interesting line in the sand. I mean, most... Most, um, and I talk about this, and I'm talking about Android and, and iOS. Most times when a new phone comes out, a lot of the features you see on that phone will go backwards at least one generation, sometimes two, depending on the manufacturer and depending on what the actual feature is. But something like this is definitely hardware dependent on the, um, the system on a chip, which the uh, the A14 has the ability to do that. We assume that the A13 doesn't, but um, because we'd have to take Apple's kind of you know, word for that, but uh, that's the assumption. I, I, I think I would take Apple's word, not, well, I wouldn't take Apple's word, but the people in the industry that know more about this stuff, like apparently like processing Dolby Vision on a phone is like pretty Incredible. much unheard of. So I'm going to say that A14, that A4, it's a ridiculous chip. Like it is, there's no reason it should be that powerful. Like what yeah. Apple is doing in their chip department it's bonkers. It really is bonkers. Yeah. It's it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do with the upcoming Mac event, which I know Macs, you did a video I, on. Yeah. Uh, after using this iPad, we're going to talk about that after the iPhones. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, so excited for that Mac. Well, let's so get into excited. the iPad real quick then. Um, Hold on. We can always I, come back to before, that. before I go to iPad, I just want to yep. see, did I leave anything out about iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro? Oh, uh, the MagSafe stuff. That is interesting. Um, I got the charger for it. It's 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 okay. Like it's nice. Um, but, but I saw online like that wallet that they released. Like apparently it's not too sturdy. But I did see like a lot of people using like skinny jeans. I don't wear skinny jeans, so maybe maybe I'll be okay when that comes out. But I think the MagSafe stuff is cool. I'm waiting for some more of those third party accessories to come out because I think that'll be cool. Um, I actually think I have a, had a third-party brand send me their own version of a MagSafe charger to check out. So that's cool. going to be cool. I think that's going to be cool for the accessory ecosystem. And it would be cool to see. It's like a feature that I think a lot of like Android phone, like if it turns out to be a popular thing for Apple, shamelessly just put a magnet in your phone. There's nothing stopping you. 100%. And enjoy that system. But I think 
Obviously, these are phones we're going to talk about. If you guys have any more questions in the chat, obviously leave them, but we'll, we'll move to iPad for now. Yeah, no, I think MagSafe is going to be really interesting. And I, as I mentioned in my video, my uh, my brother, that's actually one of the reasons why he wants to buy the yeah. iPhone 12, which I thought was kind of funny, but okay, whatever. Uh, iPad Air, which is essentially the iPad Pro Junior in a way, but maybe, maybe not even. I mean, when you put the A14 in there and it has almost everything else, how much of a junior is it? Is it something that you feel in your mind for what you have that you could replace your pro with? Like, do you now, would you know, now no longer need your pro? 100% would not need my pro. I would just, I don't know. Um, yeah, I would 100% could easily just use this air. Um, I don't even know. Maybe I will just use the air now because the speed on it, like I said, like it's just no bottlenecks, nothing. Not like the pro really had any bottlenecks, but like, I don't know for, I feel it. I feel the snappiness in the interface. And I, I can't explain it. It's just everything else is just like that split little second faster and I'm picking it up. Um, it's a nice device. It's a really, really nice device. It's basically, and let's be honest here, there's nothing radical. There's nothing radical with this device besides the chip that's inside of it. It's basically a 2018 iPad Pro, right? The design is a 2018 iPad Pro. It has the single camera on there. They put a fresh coat of paint on it with all the different colors they have. They reduced the screen size by 0.1 inch. I can't tell. I, I, I took an 11 inch and put a put the 10.9 inch side by side. I really couldn't tell the difference, right? Like, I, I almost feel like they just put that there. So maybe they go, oh, look, the Pro is better, has a bigger screen. It's the same screen size. Works with all the same accessories as, as the uh, Pro model. If you have the Magic Keyboard, I tested it. You can slap that on the back. If you have the second generation Apple Pencil, it charges on the top. All the cool design stuff you get with the pros is here. The display is basically the same, which is, it's good. Uh, the one thing that concerned me was the speakers, right? I think the iPad Pro has some pretty good speakers for a tablet. Like it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, these have weaker speakers. So there's just two of them. It has four cutouts, but there's just two. It's just an aesthetic choice to do that. Um, that was one of the biggest areas of concern for me. But it sounds good, even with just those two speakers, and it plays them out on both sides. So it's stereo, stereo separation. If you go to older iPad designs, it only plays out on the one side. So it, it's a much, it sounds like a much weaker speaker if you're going for like the old air. So the speakers on this is good. And then um, another big concern for me was Touch ID. Now I like Face ID on my iPad. I don't know about you, but I really like it. I feel like every time I pick it up, it just unlocks. Uh, when you're using the keyboard stand and you like press the space bar and it just, oh, everything opens yep. up. You don't have to reach up Love and it. touch it. So I was really concerned about touch ID. I thought, okay, this is going to be the, the biggest area where I really don't like it. And that's probably true in a way, but it's a lot better implemented than I thought it was going to be. First of all, my big concern was you have the iPad, you, you press the touch ID button, and then you have to swipe up to go home. Right? That's what I was thinking. But no, you just rest it on there and it opens up and it goes right to the home screen. You know, like traditionally Apple, uh, when they had Touch ID on the phones, you would have to press it and then press again to go home. This one, you just rest it and it, it bypasses the lock screen. So that's a good thing. Um, for unlocking it, it's really good. When you're hold, you usually hold your iPad in landscape, so your finger's right there, right? Like it's ready to just be there and unlock everything. But when you do put it in the keyboard, that's when it is the most frustrating to me. And there's times, and I'm used to the Pro, so I don't know if this is the fault of the device, but I put it in the keyboard, 
and I go to like Amazon and it goes to autofill my password. And I'm just like sitting there looking at it going, why isn't it doing it? Oh, let me touch that. So I think it's a worse experience overall. I, I kind of wish they had face ID in here. I know people were excited about the fingerprint reader because there's some just diehards who just, I want the fingerprint reader. Um, I actually want it more on the phone because I have to wear a mask a lot now. So it's kind of inconvenient for that. Uh, so I would kind of, I hope maybe they take this power button, put it on the phone too, and put face ID and touch ID in the future. But it it works, right? It's it's not like a huge complaint. It's kind of like very first world problem. It unlocks, it's fast, it's accurate. Uh, Android phones have been doing power button power button fingerprint readers for years it's whatever what about um, what about the lack of 120 hertz have you noticed that yeah so i notice it like if i go oh let me look for it let me go scroll okay it's not as smooth man i use the device i forget about it i do it's nice i can notice it i'm not saying you can't notice it you can totally notice it you go you go scroll between your apps you go scroll on twitter it's smoother on the other iPad Pro, but when I'm using the device, I gotta, I gotta be honest. It's just something that's, would I, would I want it? And would I want the 120 Hertz there if I had the option? Of course I would. It's, it's smoother. It looks nicer. But when you're in the moment, when you pick up the iPad and I go on Twitter and I look at Travis's tweet, I'm not going, you know what? That didn't load. That, that wasn't as smooth as my other iPad because it's, it's not the biggest difference in the world. It's noticeable. If you really like 120 Hertz, maybe you're different than me. Um, but yeah, I think most people are going to be fine with it. I think the one area where you probably do want a pro is actually, um, if you're an artist, the 120 Hertz looks a lot better for drawing and it actually like makes the, you know, latency between the pencil and the screen a little bit less. So I actually think for that use case, you might want to go for iPad pro still. I actually think that's probably, uh, a better experience than just, oh, it looked smoother. So I can easily give up. Yeah, Travis's <laughs> tweets are always smooth. I can easily give up the 120 hertz. I know that's not like the popular opinion to have. Um, but yeah. I so um, another thing, I saw a couple people asking about iPad. Um, I saw two different thoughts. Number one, a couple people asked about iPad Pro, um, the next iPad Pro. We probably won't see that this year. We'll probably see it next year with obviously the A14X or whatever letter they want to put the N. And then a really interesting question here by Tech For Your Needs. I think it was Tech For Your Needs. Let me look. Uh, it's about, does the iPad, oh, here we go. Do you think the iPad Air is going away in the future because it's so so similar to the Pro? And it's interesting because more so this year than ever before, this is this is kind of the case. Like last year, there was there was enough differences. This year, especially aesthetically, there's very little difference. Um, I think the answer to this is no because the iPad Air is basically the top end of the of the quote consumer line, and the iPad Pro is the quote Pro version of their tablet. Um, so I don't think yeah. we'll see that happen. Yeah, before they release this thing, if you asked me that before they announced this, I would have said, yes, I think the iPad Air is going away. Like, it's really weird in the lineup. They have the regular iPad, and then they have the iPad Air, which kind of looks like it, and then they have the Pro. I would have told you, yeah, it's going away. After they release this and put this much attention on it, no, the Air is obviously here to stay. And if anything, I think the 11-inch Pro, maybe not, maybe that's going away. Um, mm. I don't know if I'd say only release a 12.9-inch. I think maybe make another size in the middle of that, like a just straight 12 inch iPad. I would really actually look forward to that. But I think the 11 inch iPad Pro can probably go away now. You can probably just release two bigger iPad Pros and, and fill more of a need there. 
Um, because this, especially with the A14 chip they packed into this thing, it basically does everything the Pro does minus the 120 hertz display. If that's a big hangup for you uh, and you're in the market for an iPad, wait, because obviously these Pros have to get refreshed sooner rather than later. They are so close. I, you know, I don't see why anyone would really go out and buy an 11 inch iPad Pro today. Like I really don't see why because the Air is more powerful in multiple ways, in single core performance and in graphics performance, which blew me away. I, I wasn't expecting that. 12.9 and 16 inch iPad Pro. 16 inch might be too big. 16 inch might be too big. Oh, you're muted. Uh, Gabriel here talks about something I, I would like to see. The yes. iPad mini with a new design language would be fire. But I obviously didn't need to upgrade it this year because the A12 was in it. Um, and that now matches the base level iPad. But man, next year. Whew. Yeah. Um, I, did, I put a video on the air today if you want, if anyone wants to see it and kind of, I basically said everything that I said here, maybe a little bit more eloquently. Probably not actually. But um, the main takeaway here is it's really good at 599. It's kind of a steal, but the 64 gigabytes ruins it for me. 599 is such a good price. And if it had 128 at 599, it's like, what iPad should I get? Oh, go get the Air. Like, just go get it immediately. Even if they released an option <clears throat> that was 649, $50 more, 128 gigabytes, I would tell everyone who's saying, what iPad should I get? I would probably say, go get that one. The problem is you only have 64 gigabytes. And then the next step up is 256, which brings it up to 749, which is $50 away from an iPad Pro. It's a really weird spot to be in. I kind of, I guess I get it from Apple's standpoint, because like, oh, we can upsell and then make more money on it. I just feel like the the best consumer option would be 128 gigabytes of this. And it would be I it would be it would be the iPad Pro killer that every every reviewer is titling the review iPad Pro Killer. It would literally be the iPad Pro Killer if you had a 128 gigabyte option at 650. It would be such an easy recommendation. Yeah, it's interesting that they they did this. I think it's also because they're thinking, oh, consumers don't need it. But they, I, I think we'll have to see what happens next year. Yeah. But I think the iPad Air is, it is a really weird, almost cannibalizing potential um ipad for the line but they also have been spreading out a lot of devices across the phone line and everything else so um really interesting stuff from apple here let's uh as we start to run out of time let's go into the uh, i know the max or the the new max and stuff that you're going to want to talk about let's uh, let's see what's going on there as i check john prosser's tweet wait what <laughs> someone in chat said check john proper prosser's tweet the iphone 12 pro feels so unreal it's hard to believe that apple made the phone look exactly how i wanted for years it's nostalgic feels new premium i don't care about the smaller notch 120 sometimes great design is worth the upgrade we kind of knew he would like it mainly because he's been wanting that kind of those those sides for a long time he's been talking about that for a long time um yeah i uh i'm kind of by the way i want to see the gold in person oh d brand gave him a bunch of what is it listen yeah. listen what's going on here to be fair, I haven't used a S21 or S20, sorry, S20. I'm, I'm aging the phones here. S20 or the S20 Ultra, to be fair. Uh, but I have used the Pixel 5 and that has a 90 hertz display. The 60 hertz iPhone 12 is smoother than the 90 hertz Pixel 5, in my opinion, after using Oof. both devices, if that makes sense. Like it's a smoother experience. So 
Uh, I'm with him. I don't need the 120 hertz either. It would be nice to have, to be honest, though. Like, if they can add it and they can make sure they're not losing battery, then I think they'll add it. I don't think they're against 120 hertz. Obviously, they have it in the iPad Pro. <clears throat> yeah, I, I also see that some people are talking about uh, going to Best Buy and checking some of these out. I went to my Best Buy the other day. I maybe I'll have to go again. Uh, I the, the, none of the iPhones are out, at least not in the Apple section. And the they didn't have the iPad Air out there, so I couldn't see it either. Which is why I ended up trying to go to the Apple Store, and that failed as well. So I don't know. I, I want to go see these things in person, of course. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so let's wrap up talking about um, your thoughts on the apparent November of it, which just seems weird. Yeah, so <clears throat> the big rumor is that there's going to be another event. So I'm going to have more content. So lucky me. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, a Mac event. Apple said they were going to release their first Apple Silicon Mac at the end of the year. So they still have to do that. Obviously, that sounds like a pretty monumental moment for them. So I, I imagine they'll want to do an event. And we had two events and they didn't announce it. So a November event, uh, that makes sense. Um, you know, not too much new in in this. Uh, we're just kind of trying to guess what the first one will be. Uh, most people are thinking it's a 13-inch MacBook Pro or something like that, a laptop. And possibly, who knows, possibly a new iMac, which I would really, really want to see because uh, for the most part, these have always been tied to mobile devices and a laptop. They can, they can obviously ramp it up a lot more than they can with a phone or a tablet. <clears throat> but I would love to see what could Apple do with their chips when they got it plugged into the wall and they can use as much power as they, they don't got to worry about your battery. So, uh, there, there's, there might be a 24 inch iMac. It might be next year, but maybe we'll be lucky and see it by the end of the year. And all I can say, and I'll make this quick cause I know Travis has to go. The A14 in this, in this iPad, in this iPhone, it, like this iPad Air, and you know, I'll do spoiler alert on my next video, this thing's more powerful than a MacBook Air. It's more powerful than, than, than an entry-level MacBook Pro. It's, it's 600 bucks, right? Like I know the storage is bad. If you can make the 64 work for you, you're gonna, you're gonna, it is six, it is, it is inexpensive and like, so, so powerful. So as a content creator, um, I, you know, having that extra power is super important to me. I just got, <clears throat> I just got the new Sony camera and it does 10 bit video. And I have like a really expensive iMac and my iMac starting to slow down because of it. So I'm really in the market looking at these and you see like, you see Jonathan Morrison edis editing that footage on an iPad and it's doing better than it would on a Mac. So that's this, insane. It is insane. So I'm just so excited to see, like, I just, I want to see what these Macs do because they have done nothing but good work with iPads and iPhones in this chip department. And it sounds like these Macs are really going to be amazing. And I, I just want to see the market dynamic of the Mac being different with these processors and what kind of features that can enable. Cause obviously they'll have mm -hmm. a lot more control over the features they can put into these machines. And what kind of, you know, what kind of race this makes from for AMD, for Intel, um, for NVIDIA? It's going to be very interesting to see because there's going to be different chip platforms now. And it's been a long time since we've had something like that in the computer industry, which honestly isn't all that exciting when you compare it to like iPhone versus Android. 
But maybe that's about to become a lot more exciting these next yeah. couple of years. And one of the things some people might go, well, but it's just a mobile chip and we've already seen what it does. That's not true because here's the thing. Apple has always been constrained by power. Mm-hmm. Phones can only supply so much power to those chips. And of course, heat is an issue. But in a desktop or even a laptop, you have a lot more ability to pump more power and give it more kind of cooling than you can in a small phone. This is, we have literally not seen, I believe we've not seen the actual ability of these chips yet. And maybe when these uh, iMacs and such come out, we will. I mean, maybe that's where we find out exactly how powerful these things are. And that is, if I'm at an Intel or AMD, I am... Very curious and maybe a little bit nervous because uh, it could be, well, I don't know what I'd be nervous because I don't think Apple's going to do anything that's going to really take too much from them. In other words, you're not going to get a Windows machine with an A14, but put, it's put, still. Put it still. this way. Put it this way. This this thing, which you can bend in your hands, this iPad, the metal performance on it, which is like kind of tied to graphics, is stronger than... Uh, a 2017 15-inch MacBook Pro, like their most their most expensive top-of-the-line MacBook Pro from 2017, three years ago, in that package. Now think about they put that into their laptops and then start to think like, wow, like what are they going to be able to do with that? They're already they're already dominating it in such a constrained form factor. You start unleashing that into laptops, desktops. You might see you like it could be. It could be such a moment for the industry that if you're making like content, you might go like, well, why would I ever buy a Windows computer when I'm getting like 10 times the performance over on the Mac? And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, how that how that powers the industry going forward. I'm so excited for the Macs. As we all should be. Of course, you can leave us comments if you're on YouTube, uh, the comments below. We love those. You can leave us a message, a voice message. Uh, The links will be in the show notes of the audio podcast. I don't think I actually have them. Maybe I do have them in the link in the videos for YouTube. If you want to catch us live when we do these, youtube.com slash gadgetcast. Um, the supercast will be coming soon. Of course, we just, I think we decided on the air that we're going to do it during the iPhone 12 pro max, uh, launch time, but yeah, we, uh, we'll definitely check you out. All of our social medias are also in the links in the description below, as well as in the show notes. And of course the Gabriel black can't leave us without giving us super chat, which I think he did at the end of last week too, or something like that. Or, yes, I don't he know. did. I said, <laughs> you gotta do, do it during chat. the show. You gotta do it during the show. Gabriel T. Black with a great YouTube channel as well. He's such a nice guy and supportive of pretty much every single creator. Oh, he is. Uh, Gabriel, ever, yeah. Gabriel did a video, and I love this. I love when people go back and go, you know what? People are still using like older technology. Gabriel did a video on the iPad Air 2, which oh. was a which was a great product at the time. That thing was pretty revolutionary, like very thin, light tablet. Pretty much still kind of alive with us. Like the the regular iPad, still kind of like just an iPad Air 2. So go give that a watch. Yeah, go check it out. Gabriel T. Black on YouTube, uh, always supporting all of the creators. But we will see you next week, as we always do. We appreciate everyone. Oh, and another super chat. <laughs> Rago is the man. VJG Rocket De Palma, super sticker for a $10 super chat. We're getting some super chats because people love us here uh, at GadgetCast. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs>